welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. Today, Jesus Jesus turning water into wine. Um, how many of you would say you've had a time in your life when you, you just, you felt more like water than you did wine? How many, you know what I'm talking about? Or uh, just maybe out of place, uh, not uh, good enough, uh, comparing yourself with someone else and always coming up short, or your efforts weren't enough. Um, it could be a number of things. In fact, Kayla Fuoco wrote, uh, it was a, wrote a piece, a blog, actually, about, it was for women, but I read it. And, uh, yeah, I know a lot of words, but she uses a word that uh, fervidly, how many know what fervidly means? Fervidly, yeah. There you go, yeah. So if not, you can look that up. Not now, okay, but... Um, she always writes, and there's, normally there's a word in there that's not a commonly used word, but it's just the right word. And she's written a blog about, uh, it was for, primarily for women, but how often um, we compare ourselves to other people and what that does to us. And, and that seems to be human nature. If you, and if you say, no, that, I, I don't do that, I want to ask the simple question, how many looked in the mirror before you left for church this morning? Right? How much? Yes, yeah. Because we want to know how we look. Will other people approve of us? Is this, you know, this the way that we look? Um, I was in uh, Southeastern Bible College, now Southeastern University, and uh, I, when the Lord called me into the ministry, and you've heard some of that journey, I decided to go to a, to Southeastern. It was in the South. I'd I'd not been south of the Mason-Dixon line that I could remember, except when I was about three years old, and my father was a pastor, interim pastor, in the hills of West Virginia near Greenbrier, West Virginia. And, um, but I was raised on the East Coast, and I was raised in the North. Uh, in the, the, the biggest influences were being raised in Aroostook County and in the state of Maine, God's frozen chosen that are up there, the down east culture where you don't hug people, you don't, you know, you just don't do that, you talk funny. And then we went, moved to Pennsylvania, and the primary influence was living in northeastern Pennsylvania near the city of Scranton. How many remember the show The Office? Okay, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty real. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, but it was cold country. And I had a place there. And I had my friends, I knew the culture, I just absolutely loved it. And I went to Southeastern, and I'm going to tell you, it was the exact opposite. Florida culture, deep south culture of Southeastern was as far removed as Florida is from Aroostook County, Maine. And that is like worlds apart. And I stepped off that airplane in Tampa, and the heat hit me in the face. It reminded me of when I worked in the silk mill and had to put, put these big racks of bobbins of silk 
and in the ovens, and it was 150-some degrees, and you'd, it'd just blast you. And I stepped off that airplane onto the, onto the tarmac, and someone picked me up uh, in an old pickup truck <laughs> with a sign, keep trucking for Jesus, you know. And I thought, Lord, what have I got myself into? I had no idea. And, and, and I, I remember I said, why, why are all the roads white down here? I mean, I never saw macadam that was white. And what they did, they used seashells as part of the macadam, and it, everything would bleach out or just white. And then, then I got there, and there was no air conditioning, and uh, I'm, it, was, it was really something. By the way, Southeastern is, a, is I think, just a world-class university now. It's terrific. But the way people talked, I hadn't heard that before. And then we went to the lunch line, and they served us a thing called okra. How many have had that experience? Yeah. And all I knew is okra, the way they said, was slimy. And I didn't know, and grits. What in the world was a grit? I hadn't heard of true grit, but what's grits? And I found out. And then the one thing I, I did say, they served white milk. And, I, you know, my grandparents and uncles were dairy farmers, and we knew that culture. And I know what good milk tastes like. And I reached for that carton of milk, and it was a taste I'll never forget. It's not, it, I don't know what was in that thing. It was white, but it didn't like, taste like milk was supposed to. And I found out later that's because they feed the cows down there orange peels. After they've squeezed all the juice, they dump it in tractor-trailer loads, and that's what they're feeding on. And so I actually lost 15 pounds in my first semester as a freshman. I may know. In fact, I, you, you talk about, I can't say I was felt. No one's ever said I was felt, but I can tell you that I wore a lot different belt size now and pant size now and just a whole lot of things. Uh, I was down a, a lot, about 100 pounds from where I am right now. And I just felt so disconnected. Didn't know the friends, didn't, it was just, I, I was disconnected. And I went one night and the, and the message that evening, never forget. I never forget where I was and what I was feeling like, and it was on Jesus turning the water into wine. And I heard the Word of God preached and how Jesus can touch our lives and how He can make all the difference in the world. And I said yes to the Lord that day. And I want to tell you, there was an instant, there was an instant transformation in me when the Lord comes into your life, you feel connected. You feel that you have a place. You're no longer out of place. The future is as bright as the promises of God. And Jesus Christ did something for me that night that I could not ever do for myself, praise his name. And I thank the Lord for it. God is so good. And in the Gospel of John today, I want to I turn our attention there. The Gospel of John was written, was written so that we might believe. John actually wrote it to the early church so that they could have a settled faith. And what we, get, what we know from reading the Gospel of John today is that your belief in Jesus and your faith in Jesus can grow and be strong in the midst of of an unbelieving world and a world that seems to have no moral compass, a world that seems to attack and assail things that 
In fact, God's word prophesied in the book of Isaiah in the last days that the world, they would say, the things that are right, they would call it wrong, and the things that are wrong, they would call it right. But Jesus Christ can become your solid rock, and someone say praise God, to build our life upon and change us and do for us on the inside out. I had, I had some plans, and, and I had a girlfriend, and I went to Southeastern, and the Lord said, no, this is not the plan. This is not the one for you. And I, had to, I gave, gave that up, and I met my wife in the lunch line, and here we are today. God's blessed me way more, way more than what, what I, I would have been blessed if I'd followed my own way. And so in the book of John, there are seven miracles that John uses, and each one is written to explain God. John chapter 1, uh, John wrote about Jesus, he said that he has come to explain God. He lived among us, and each of his miracles explains some characteristic of God that says to us, this is the God that we serve, and when we believe in him, this is who he is and how he touches our life. We, today is the master of quality he turns things, ordinary things, into extraordinary things. Uh, just think of being born again or the baby. I notice Pastor Bobby's, they have little Everett to, today, that little, precious little boy. And just 10 months ago or so, or 11 months ago, he hadn't even started to begin life. But through the miracle of just God's creation, now there's this baby boy and their family's been expanded. And when we come to the Lord, when we are born again, it's as different as from nothing as to a baby that with a twinkle in their eye and poop in their pants and all that other stuff. But it's life, that bundle of joy that comes. That's what Jesus Christ comes to those that believe. That's all it takes is stepping across the line Say, Lord, I believe, I place my trust and my faith in you. Lord, I ask you, I want to come to you. You do this for me. And so there's several miracles, and they have all of them have to do with some area of our life that we live in. The, the one that one, there's of misfortune, the one that was the healing of the man born blind, the, the raising of da Lazarus. We all will face death. One day we all face death, but Jesus intervened touched death. He, he not only uh, walked on the water, the natural law, he fed over probably about 15 to 20,000 as quantity. He takes what we don't have, and if we offer it, he touches us, and he spreads it around, the healing of the impotent man. Uh, you remember at the pool of Bethsaida? How many remember that? He was there, for, he, he was there and he was impotent, impotent in the fact he was infirm. They had to carry them, him there for 38 years. And by the way, if you went to the Pool of Bethsaida, Pool of Bethsaida is in John chapter 5, that, that's not a good place to be. That was for those who were not getting better. They were hopelessly ill and sick. Uh, medical science could not do anything. And so they went there hoping for a miracle. And, and this man went. He'd been, he was there. 30, he, he was 38 years old. And one day when he came to Jesus, Jesus touched him and raised him up. That's real misfortune, isn't it? When you, beyond your control. So everything that Jesus did, every miracle said 
This is for us, and he is Jesus the Christ. He is God. Praise his name. So the story today, we come to the story of the wedding of Cana of Galilee. And the, the Bible says this, uh, just, just a little background. Uh, weddings were a big deal. They had last for up to a week. And in Cana, which was a small town, um, it, in those small villages, they would invite the whole village out to the wedding. And uh, they were celebrating, and there was a fiasco occurred. In the middle of this celebration, the, the wine ran out. And that was a supreme embarrassment in that culture. And actually, as I was studying, they said that could mark a couple as not being with it or not planning ahead or being inhospitable to, their, to, the, to the guests. And Mary, Mary went to Jesus, her son, because Jesus and the disciples were there, and she said to him, basically, what, son, what are you going to do about this? And he said, woman, what does this have to do with me? And in spite of that, though, she said to the servants, you fill the water pots, you fill them up to the brim. And when they did that, Jesus touched them. He turned the water to wine. He saved the best for last. He gave it to the, to the steward of the feast that was there. And they exclaimed, and he turned it into about 125 to 150 gallons. How many know? I mean, that's really something that was there. It was a terrific miracle. And so when our resources and our efforts are not enough, Jesus Christ, the one who, this is what the Scriptures say, the worlds were formed through him and everything holds together in him. He's the master of quality. This is the first thing I want to show you. He's the master of quality. God begins when our efforts and resources run out. That's where God takes over if we turn to the Lord. The second thing I want to share with you is this, to believe God for the big areas of our life. The miracles of Jesus in the Gospel of John took place in the most important part of public and private life. God wants to manifest his presence in every area of our life, both public and private. How many know that? That's God. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to salvation through Jesus Christ. And so every area of your life, and as, you, as we look at the miracles uh, Jesus, at the wedding, that's, that was a big deal. The next was that he healed the, the uh, nobleman or the official son, he's a government official, that word spread. He influenced even someone that was serving in government. When he fed the 5,000 men plus women and children, probably about 15,000, 20,000 people, that was at Passover. That's, that was the one feast when everyone in Israel, all the men were commanded to come to Jerusalem. And that's when he, he touched the bread and he fed the 5,000. So every area that he did when he walked on the water, uh, when he healed the blind man and they brought him to the Pharisees, you remember the Pharisees said, and was on the Sabbath, what Jesus said, he said, God, myself, I am equal with God. I'm the, 
and, and his miracles proclaim that. He said, I'm Lord even of the Sabbath. I'm glad that he breaks through all the barriers. How about you? Yes. And so I want to just share this. Oftentimes, as people who go to church, we have in our mind, there's a certain way that God has to do things. God is the Lord of even the Sabbath, and he's the Lord even of our own methodologies. And how he works is up to God. Can someone say, thank you, Lord? He's much bigger than you and I are or what we can begin to conceive. And so don't relegate God, this is in your notes, to just the private and the small areas of your life. I'm so glad that, that he comes and when we believe on him, that the Lord can touch us, but don't relegate him just to the small or the private areas of your life. Don't use the Lord as a medicine cabinet. When I'm in trouble, Lord, where's, where's the headache medicine? What do you have for me? But every area of your life, he wants to touch and he wants to change. He wants to influence because God is a big God and he includes the important areas of our life. So imagine what will happen. Just imagine what will happen. Imagine what will happen as you look in the mirror or you lay there in your pillow at night and you wake up or you didn't get that promotion at work or you're passed over or you look at somebody and, and you're a certain size or you're a certain gender, you're a certain ethnicity. But imagine if we will turn to the Lord and believe Him and say, God, you can take every area of my life and you can turn it into something special and something extraordinary because we're all made in the image of God. Praise his name. You're looking at this. This is what you're looking at right now. In, in high school, I played some sports. The other side of that, I wasn't, I wasn't really good enough. I was always a second stringer. When you weigh 175 pounds and you're not fast enough, to be a halfback or a defensive end or a linebacker, but you're as slow as a lineman, guess where they put you? They put you with the lineman. But everyone else weighs 30 pounds more, and we're all lifting weights. In fact, I was so slow, the coaches said to me, because they would time us, they called me Drust. They said, Drust, we don't need a stopwatch for you. We need a calendar is what they said, all right? And so that's what in the culture I grew up, you had to play sports. If you didn't play sports, you weren't anything. I mean, it was red meat, cold, dust, breathing, you know. I mean, that just macho, that's what it was. And I grew up, I grew up in that, and I had a place in church. And I had my friends. But when the Lord touched me, God did something in my life that was so far beyond what my culture said I could be. The Lord has been good to me. That's what God does in our lives. Trust him. Imagine if we'll trust God for our community. Imagine for this party in the park. And by the way, this is not just an alternative to Halloween. That's not why we're doing this, is to be an alternative to Halloween. We are going there to proclaim the gospel. There will be worship. There will be testimonies of God's grace. Will there be bouncy houses? Yes, there's going to be bouncy houses. Are we going to serve hot dogs? Yes, we'll probably serve a 1,000 hot dogs. Are there going to be games? There's going to be lots of games. 
But what's going to, the reason we're there is because when Jesus walked this earth, he was involved in the big things that mattered to people. How many hear what I'm saying? That's why we're doing this deal called Party in the Park. And that's why, like last year, the mayor came to me. He, he said, well, I want to I meet the pastor. And he shook my hand and he said, could I get a picture with you? No mayor's ever asked to get a picture with me before, all right? And he had his white helmet on and, and he said, I want you to know anytime your church wants to come here to do anything, you are welcome. You just let us know when it is. And this year they've asked if the fire department could partner with us, a church, for this evening. And so, but we believe in the Lord that we are going to be engaged in the community and the things that matter to people. Praise God. That's what it's about. Praise God. All right, I'm going to move on. Now, Jesus turns ordinary into extraordinary. Uh, verse number four, let's read that. Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour is not yet come. I just absolutely love this scenario. And so, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, I'm going to say this, this woman, Mary, had some chutzpah, all right? She had, yes, 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 yes. She's the boss woman. She's a boss woman, all right? And uh, I like to watch boss women in action. I just do. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's the coolest thing ever. And by the way, there are certain cultures where being the boss woman is an expected part of things. How many know what I'm saying? And so that, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm sensing some of you looking at me at that quizzical look. I feel like I'm about to step into it, so I'm going to just step back. But she said, whatever he says to do it. And Jesus said, he basically said, I, I don't want anything to do with this. She said, whatever he says, you do it. So he told them. So let's go to the next verse. Now there are six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification containing 20 or 30 gallons each, six of them. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. When the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, every man serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. All right. So, you want Jesus to turn the water of your life into something extraordinary. The first thing is find the yes in the no. Find the yes in the no. Find the yes in the no. Jesus said no. Mary didn't even say, she said yes. Do what he tells you to. Your world, your culture, your situation right now, the circumstance that you're in, will tell you that it's hopeless, that there's no, nothing can be done. The only solution is to do something drastic. Find the yes and the no, and this is the yes. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Praise his name. 
He is the Lord and the master of quality in our life, supernatural quality. He's the one that can put marriages back together. Can someone say amen? He's the one that can take our inadequacies. He's the one that can take our misfortune. He's the one that can take our lack, and by his touch, when we believe in him, he does something extraordinary in our lives, praise his name. Find the yes and amen in the situation where you are, and then be willing to participate and obey. Fill the water pots to the brim. Jesus could have done this miracle all by himself. But instead, he said, you fill the water pots. Bring something to the Lord. Give God something to work with. Don't not study in college and then say, oh God, oh God, oh God, I need an A. No, give him something to work with. Can someone say amen? Yes, give him something to work with. Be willing to let go, to trust him. And to do it, we cannot go where God wants us to go unless we are willing to leave where we are. I just want, I'm going to say this again. We cannot go where God wants us to go unless we are willing to leave where we are. You say, oh, is God saying I'm supposed to leave my marriage? No, that's not what God's saying. No, that's not what he's saying. Does that mean I'm okay to steal at work? No, that's not what this is saying. What it's saying, and I'll I'll share a personal testimony. This just happened just recently. Situation's been developing. Something that, something that in in the middle of we're filling up our, uh, we're finishing the Gen Now edition, and just as wonderful as it is, something happened that could diminish grace. I'm going to tell you, if, if someone's going to hurt the church, um, you're going to go through me first. That's all there is to it. Just the way it is, the way it's always been. And uh, And I had all sorts of thoughts and this, that, and the other. And I... I I prayed, I prayed, I talked with the board, we've met together. I looked at this, and, and, and I was in prayer one day, and the Lord said to me, I, I want to, I'm going to work this out. I'm going to work this out. I'm in control. It might appear that you're being, that the church is being diminished, but I want you to know it's going to be Okay. But will you be willing to leave behind the way that you have typically handled things, threats against the church? That was a hard thing for me. That's a hard thing for me. I'm hardwired once again. If you're going to pick on someone that's little, little, if you're going to bully someone, look out. You know what? Get ready for a fight. I mean, it's just the way it is. And this... This just didn't happen since I went in the ministry. This happened when I was a kid. It started in fourth grade. I was 
still remember a bully in seventh grade picked on some kid in the alley, did something, and I flew into that kid. He didn't know what hit him. Except this is the truth now. This is true confession. He showed up with school with two black eyes and two teeth missing. I mean, I was relentless. I, you don't, don't you pick on someone. Happened in high school. One of the seniors took one of my, I was a lowly freshman, took one of my freshman buddies or friends. I didn't, wasn't even my buddy. I just knew him. And instead of saying, I want a drink, he just went up and smashed his head down on the drinking fountain and threw him aside. And and I, guess what? Right there in public, I just took him on, taught him a lesson. The Bible says he thrashed him, okay? And he, he didn't have a story to brag about to his mom when he went home that night. He never did it again. That's how I'm wired. God said to me, are you willing to leave to leave this and trust me. There are people here this morning that God wants you to leave the way you've handled situations. Hear me? God says, are you willing to leave this? I'll be in control, but you've got to stop. You've got to do that thing. This way I've wired you, it's a strength, but if you take it too far, it's something that'll drain your energy. And the Lord said to me, he said, look, you're entering a season here at Grace. He said, I'm doing something. I'm doing something. He said, you don't want to waste, I don't want you to waste your bullets on something that you'll, you're just shooting blanks in the air, but save your, your bullets for what I'm going to do. How many hear what I'm saying? God wants to do something for you today, but do what he says. Stand back and see the Lord. Praise his name. So he could save the best for last. God begins where our resources run out. I thought, I thought when we got this building built, this addition, I thought, oh Lord, you've privileged me. I can't believe you've allowed me to be part of this. And all I could see is it was helping prepare for what was here, but also helping prepare for the next generation. I sense in my spirit that God has prepared the best for the last. Amen. It's not just about a building. It's about what God is doing in the hearts of people. See, my gifts, I can lead a building thing. I can help raise money for it. I can... Cast vision, and you've been so gracious and so generous. That's, my, that's, that's what God allows me to bring to the table. But what I'm seeing, it's not just in preparation, but some things have broken free in the Spirit, and God is doing some things that are absolutely phenomenal, praise God. We're already hearing the testimonies of people coming to Jesus Christ because of that facility, praise His name, amen. Be willing to leave. Imagine how you will change in your life if you say, Lord, yes, I'm going to let go and let you. Now, the last thing is this. I'm going to ask these three young adults to come. I'm so proud of them. Jesus uses us to explain God. He uses us to explain God. So I want you guys to come. You Give them a round of applause. I love each and every one of them. Good morning. Uh, so this past fall, I started attending, I'm in high school, but I started 
10 classes at HCC, still was finishing up high school there. Um, but yeah, so since I've been going there, I've just been praying, just asking God to use me there in that campus. I just remember driving to school the first day, the whole way there, I was praying, God, use me, open my eyes to see people who I can witness to and minister to. Uh, and so I've just been praying over that a lot since I've been there. Uh, and in one of, two of my three classes, there's a, there's a guy there that I met, his name is Chris. Uh, we found out we were both drummers. And so we kind of had that, we had that commonality. And so we kind of just started, you know, talking some drum stuff. And he said, yeah, he, he said he does some church drumming. But that was really the only reason he goes to church. He just kind of goes because he likes to play drums. That's pretty much it. Um, and so I thought, hmm, that's interesting. So I, I just continued to pray over him, just ask God to uh, just show me how I can minister to him um, and just share the love of Jesus with him. Um, and he actually, I, that week he ended up, uh, he just kind of randomly followed me on Instagram, and, and then that next weekend, he was at church on Sunday. He posted a picture of, like, him with, like, his drum set there at church, and I was, um, and I was messaging him, and I just, we were talking about drum stuff. I don't know. I was asking about the symbols or something, uh, but then he, um, or I asked him, you know, you back at, uh, you back at church, you back at Crossroads where he's been going? Um, I was like, I don't know anything's going to come of this. I mean, we're just, like, talking about drums. Like, what could come of this? But then he just, like, immediately started opening up, and he was like, yeah, he, I really think, like, I'm wanting to start following Christ, maybe. And I was like, well, okay, here we are. Um, and he said, like, he was saying he really thought, like, he needed to get to be a part of, like, some sort of community group or something to get plugged in. Um, it's just really learn what it meant to follow Jesus, because he just, he just wasn't sure. He didn't know what all this meant. Um, and so I was like, hey, we have a, a college-age connect group that meets uh, twice a month. I, I don't go because I'm still in high school. But <laughs> so if I invited him, he knew Kara is, we're in Spanish class together, so he knew Kara, and I was like, yeah, Kara from Spanish class will be there. Uh, so I just kind of referred him to her for that. Um, he, he was like, yeah, I think I'd be interested. He said he wasn't really sure if he'd be able to go or not, uh, but he might be interested. Um, and so that Sunday night came around, and he, I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't there, but I texted Kara once it started. I was like, hey, did, did Chris ever show up? And a couple hours later, she never responded, but a couple hours later, I, I'm walking into my car, and I get a call from Kara, and I, I open up my phone, and I answer it, and then she's, like, yelling and screaming. I can barely make out what she's trying to say. But, <laughs> but yeah, and then she just begins to explain just kind of everything that happened that night at the college age group. Yeah, I was very excited, if you couldn't already tell. <laughs> Chris reached out to me after um, having that encounter with Samuel, and I gave him more information on college age when we were meeting, and the day of came around, and he was very nervous. He was texting me, asking me if he should dress casual or whatever, <laughs> and I was like, just bring yourself, you're fine. Um, but yeah, we got there, and he very quickly settled into the group, uh, got very comfortable, and the service was great. And afterwards, he approached me and informed me that that service had touched him like no other one ever has. And shortly after that, started asking me lots of questions that he had, like why does he cry during worship, stuff that was relative to this. And I tried to explain this stuff to the best of my ability, and he really just opened up to me and started pouring into me, gave me his story, and... Um, he had also informed me that over the past few weeks, God was popping up 
everywhere. Like, it was almost a bombarding of sorts. And uh, he knew that he had to find out more, and he was hungry to find out more. So he came, and I just knew God was putting it in my spirit that he wanted him that night. So I prayed over him, and I told him point blank, God wants you, Chris. <laughs> God wants you. And then I just asked him, do you want to accept Jesus as your personal Savior? And he very quickly was like, yes, I want that. <laughs> so we prayed, and he got saved, and then Josh and a few others came out, and we just continued to minister to him for a while, and it was just really incredible to see God move in such an accelerated fashion. It's just really great. And like he, sorry. Don't worry, it's all you, bro. He didn't do this like in private, though. He like he wasn't ashamed of it because he actually texted me right after Kara had called me, and he was like, "Dude, college age was amazing. I got saved tonight," and he was like so proud of it, and he's like ready to go all in. And he's like yeah. so excited about this. So it's just really great to see God working in his life. Wow. That's so awesome. I remember walking out of college age, which is some guys were laughing, we're really loud, and then we're like, whoa, God is doing something. And next thing you know, right in the parking lot, we're just sitting there for hours just talking about Jesus. It was awesome. So isn't God good, guys? Isn't God just so, so, so good? And like what this whole message is about, the water and wine, how Jesus breathed on something, he touched something, and something that seems so ordinary, like a stone jar with water, and when he touched it, it became just good wine. Good, good one. So, like, this simple conversation of, like, bro, you play drums? Sick, man. Me too, bro. You know, like, something so simple like that turned into a life transformation. We have a new brother in the kingdom, and heaven yeah. rejoices. Yeah. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah. God is good. So, whatever you have in your life that you may be feeling like, man, this is so ordinary. Maybe you felt the leading of the Lord, like there's obedience, but you, you're not seeing anything. Let me tell you, you might be planting a seed right now. Or you might actually be watering a seed that has already been planted. So keep pressing in. God bless you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. And uh, so Josh has talked with him. and He wants to get baptized. I just love that. I just love that. Following the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise his name. Amen. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no distance with him, no time, nothing. Nothing's too hard for God. In fact, everything with God is possible to him who believes. Praise his name. I'm going to have you stand with me for a moment. You stand today.